You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, happy Friday. Good morning. Bill Ryder with you. Thank you for listening. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. Same way you can reach out to the show, as always. Twitter, for me, Sports Writer, Sports R-E-I-T-E-R. Sports, my last name. Decel at Decel CBS. And you can call us, 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4CBS. We're just a few days away now for Major League Baseball's trade deadline. So we're waiting on that action to see what's going to happen. Shohei Otani had some interesting comments about his future through an interpreter. Obviously a talented guy. Have a Mike Trout health scare we're trying to get our arms around a subway series between the Mets and the Yankees. Just a couple games, but a sample size that seems interesting. A lot of things percolating in Major League Baseball. And to talk to us about it, to give us some perspective, is one of our favorite guests we've had on the show. Longtime Major Leaguer. He is Harold Reynolds. And remember, uh, before we get to Harold, that the Hank Aaron Invitational Showcase game is exclusively on MLB Network. It's Sunday, this Sunday. It's 8 p.m. Eastern. 5 p.m., those of us out on the West Coast from Truist Park. And remember, this is a part of initiative to help diversify the game and give some young players a really big chance to be seen and to continue, hopefully, their baseball journeys. Uh, Harold Reynolds, hello, sir. Happy Friday. Thanks for thanks for being here, man. Hey, Bill. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So uh, when, when you were playing, and just for guys that are out there right now, whose names have reasonably been thrown into that trade deadline question mark machine. Do most dudes just phase it out? Are you talking to your wife about it? What's the mood for guys who have the potential to get called in in the next few days and be traded somewhere else and have their life, you know, head to a different city? Oh, you're talking about it. Especially in today's world, I think it's a lot different than even when I was playing. Uh, Because of social media and so much family gets, gets information secondhand. You know, that's the biggest thing. Like back in the day, it was kind of discussed in the clubhouse or maybe a newspaper picked up on it. Now it's like, well, my aunt's cousin called and said, I read something online. Bill said you're getting traded, you know. <laughs> and so you're dealing with it from every angle out there. And uh, so, yeah, you just got to – the key – I've been in that situation before – you can only control what you do every night. It's hard lesson. You have to go through it a few times, but you can only control what what you're doing. You know, playing baseball, catching a ground ball, getting a base hit, or if you're a pitcher, throwing strikes, whatever it is, and that's that's really it. Harold Reynolds here on the show. I'm Bill Ryder on this Friday on CBS Sports Radio. Harold Shohei Otani through, through an interpreter uh, yesterday talked about the obvious questions around his future, his deals up after next season, and gave, I thought, a, an interesting answer where he was very particular through the interpreter that he's here now, but wherever he plays, he's going to give his all. If you're the Angels, you're, you're, what, 20, I think 22 and a half games behind the Astros right now. You've got Shohei for this year and next year. Is there any scenario where you would consider cashing in on him and consider trading him this season, given where you're on the standings? 100%. And it's not, it's not just this year. It's the last 10 years. You know, you've got a chance to really turn your franchise around. Uh, this could be a Herschel Walker type of trade. You know, the Cowboys never looked back once you made that trade to Herschel Walker. And 
change the whole direction of the franchise. And I think that's where the Angels are at. Um, you know, even before the news of Mike Trout being injured, I, I thought he might even be that tree, trade piece. And I'm just speaking, you know, growing up in a, the Mariner organization and being a Mariner fan and follower, I thought Ichiro, before they traded him, should have been moved three years earlier. It would have changed things. It's just you can't go these long droughts without being in the postseason. And I think we get caught up sometimes in the stardom of the sport, which is great, but people come and watch teams win. You know, individuals, yes, it's going to be great. You need those performances. But those guys are on winning teams, and that's what makes you even more popular. And I think with Shohei, uh, he's a game changer. He's a gate changer. He's a franchise player. And you're getting two for the price of of many, but really one. You know, you got it all wrapped in one package. So I, I think this is the opportunity for the Angels to – flip the script on where they've been the last 10 years and, and really make a move. Harold, you, you reference Mike Trout, and we, we've talked about it on the show, but obviously I'm not a doctor, you're not a doctor. Mike saying one thing, his trainer, seeing his that explanation seemed a little more disconcerting. With the limited information you have, what is your level of concern or, or not over Mike Trout's future in his career? Well, a lot of it's speculative, you know, and I, I was uh, – you know, a little frustrated that, or surprised, I shouldn't even say frustrated, that as much was conveyed uh, out there, you know, from the medical staff. Um, a lot of times you don't really say, you know, when you're conjecturing that maybe this might affect you in the rest of the Anytime there's a maybe, you don't need to say that. You know, you just deal with facts on medical. Um, and so we'll see. I mean, I, I, I hated to hear that. Obviously, Mike um, pushed back on that as well. But um, we'll see. I mean, time tells. I've, I've watched Don Mattingly all of a sudden have a bad back, and he'd had it for a number of years and, and knew it. Um, but I think players have a good sense of when they feel like, you know, I'm really uh, scuffling here and I'm going to have a tough time. But I, Mike looked great when I saw him at the All-Star game. Uh, he's moving well, and, I, you know, he says he's going to come back and play. Uh, I believe he will. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how this unfolds. Harold Reynolds uh, staying on the, the trade deadline, gossip, rumor, excitement machine. Obviously, Juan Soto is a, is a massively talented young player, and there's been some movement in the notion that maybe the Padres could be front runners to try and land him. Whether you're San Diego or you're another team, to what degree do you think an organization like that should or, or, or should not throw everything in the kitchen sink the Nationals' direction to, to land that player? Well, I think there should be everybody in on, on Soto. Uh, you know, you're looking at two and a half years of control. Just because he turned down the $400 million plus uh, does not mean i got to pay him that. You know, and that I've still got two and a half years of control. So if I'm looking at what happened with Carlos Correa and his contract, uh, it's a three-year deal, it's $130-something million or whatever the numbers are. But if you look at uh, Soto, he's still in the arbitration years. So this year he's making 17. Let's say he goes out and we double it even. Let's say he's close to 30 million, 34 million, or whatever next year. And then the following years around the same thing. We're still looking at less than Carlos Correa for for two and a half, three years. So I, you don't have to lock him up. I I believe strongly the right fit. Not any team. We see that with the Nationals, but the right fit. He can lead you to a World Series. And so I think. Yeah, I, I, I push my chips in, I go get him. The wrinkle here, Bill, 
is all of a sudden I got to explore Shohei Otani. I'm sorry, but he's number one for me. If I'm putting together a package like I heard San Diego was was out there on yesterday, I got to sit there and go, hold on, Shohei Otani's available? We got to rethink this, guys. And the other thing that's going to happen, well, I think this might drag on a little bit further than we might have thought. Obviously, Tuesday's the deadline. But if Shohei's out there and Soto's out there and the packages are being presented, it's almost like if you knew Kevin Durant was going to be out there, do you give Utah for Gerber four first-round picks? You know, you, you, it changes the market. So I think we're in the same thing right now. Uh, the beauty of this is we have a deadline. It's coming up on Tuesday. Yeah, I love it. Harold Reynolds just dropping truth here on the show. Harold, uh, last trade deadline question for you. Are, are there, are there, is there a team or, or, or a couple teams that spring to mind that you think need to be really aggressive over the next few days? Well, I think Seattle's got to be in on Soto or obviously Otani. I, I, you know, you haven't been in the playoffs since 2001. And you've got a young nucleus. You built it up. You've got a good, strong farm system now. I think you've got to be in. Um, I, I, I really think the Dodgers were going to be kind of sitting there, but the Shohei, Shohei changed everything yesterday, guys. It just did. It changed the whole conversation heading into Tuesday. If he's out there, the big boys are all in. The Yankees, the Dodgers, the Mets, they're all in because he fits every need that every club has. I need a starting pitcher. Oh, I got him. I need a, I need a bat. Oh, I got him. I mean, that's the thing that he does, and he is in a major, major, major gate attraction. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I spend money to take my kids to see him just because he's Shohei Otani. Talking to, to Harold Reynolds here on, on the show. Harold, all right, full disclosure, and I know I'm wrong a lot of the time because of this, but I'm a creature of habit. I just, I just am, and for whatever reason, especially as a baseball fan, I'm very reticent to change. Now, time and again, I have railed against some change, and it's been a good idea, so I won't pretend that I stand on some mound of evidence that, that the game shouldn't evolve. But I was, you know, as a result of that part of my personality, I was cheering Max Scherzer on when he, when he was talking about Pitchcom and how it should be illegal and people should go ahead and steal my signs. I was like, yeah, get him, get him, Scherzer. And then I realized, man, I've been wrong on this stuff a lot. So now that I have an expert, I'm going to ask you, where do you come down on, on Pitchcom and, and the idea of using modern technology to take out the ability of teams to, to steal signs? Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I like stealing signs. That was part of it. And I think it's a little overblown. I don't think... You know, they're trying as creatively not to give it. But the whole point of pitch comes is to speed the game up. And if, if I don't have to have a guy shaking off and then that conversation, oh, we didn't get it together, you run out and you have a visit, that, that, that's the whole purpose of pitch com is to speed the game up. And what, what the data is showing, and the data has been tested in the minor leagues for the last couple seasons, is that they're cutting 30 to 45 minutes off a game. And if you can do that, you tell me I'm going to a baseball game and I can be there two and a half hours and my kids can go to the game and watch it, I am all in. And that's what it's all about. It's about speeding the game and the pace of the game up. Not necessarily somebody's not able to steal your signs anymore. They're going to figure that out eventually. They're always going to figure out how to steal signs. But it's about speeding the game up. And I honestly, I can't sit there and watch ball one, ball two all day. And then have a conversation. It's taking way too long. We're losing too many fans. When every sport has figured out how to speed the game up, 
we got to do the same. It's a great answer, Harold Reynolds here here on um here on on the program, Harold. I always struggle with what I can or can't take away from a small sample size in baseball. I know the Yankees won last night, but they lost. It's just two games, but Mets fans in the office here in New York City, where we're based, are very, very excited. The Mets sweep the Yankees. They had lost 10 of 15, the Yankees, before last night. Is there is there anything to take away here in terms of the Yankees coming back to earth, or is it much ado about nothing? Well, the Yankees are going to come back to earth, but it's not much to do about anything. I, I think there's, there's certain markers in your season or on your calendar where you know the road goes through this game. You know, it goes through this team. Are we any good? Let's see what happens. And I think the Mets got some validation playing against the Yankees, who are having a fantastic season. And to be able to stand up there and say, we beat them two times in a row, it really shows you got a good club. There are certain markers. I think when New York went to Houston and the Astros beat them, that meant a lot because the road to me in the American League goes through Houston. And for Houston to go to beat the Mets, they beat the Yankees. They've beaten Toronto when they needed to. It's a message. So you have different markers in the season that give you a message of where we stand. Harold Reynolds on the program. Harold, last one for you. And as always, love having you on the show and really appreciate the time. We had mentioned as you were joining us that the Hank Aaron Invitational Showcase game, which is exclusively on MLB Network, is coming up in a couple of days on Sunday night, 8 Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at Truist Park. Uh, just tell us about, about the game and, and why people should watch. Well, it's, it's quite a showcase game, trying to really, as you said earlier, highlight a lot of, a lot of uh, African-American kids are not getting the opportunities. But if you look at the draft this year, uh, the process is working, you know, really trying to push the envelope there. The first round of the draft, it was 30% of the kids were African-American that drafted in the first round. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's working. The challenge has been the other sports, not allowing, having an opportunity to keep these kids playing baseball and in their communities. And that's what this is about. So the Hank Aaron Invitational, it's, it's a culmination of really a week of a lot of things that are happening down at Vero Beats, and they bring them to Atlanta to play it like, almost like an all-star classic. But you have instructors down there the whole time of major league experience and history that are teaching these youngsters here's the little things you need to do the teaching and coaching that they don't get so um, that's showcasing all the talent there's a ton of young talent out there and if you've got to put it on tv put it on blast so to speak as the youngsters would say and let people see for themselves i love that I, i lived in kansas city missouri for a long time when I worked at the Kansas City Star and spent a lot of time at and wrote about the Negro Leagues Museum, and that was for Buck O'Neill, and some of the folks there was also, I know, a huge a huge and important push. And this is a, a really big part of, of that plan from a lot of folks, including Harold Reynolds, uh, coming to fruition. It is worth your time, 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 Pacific, on MLB Network on Sunday. Harold, as always, my friend, love the time, the insight. Appreciate you very much. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, and uh, thanks for having me on always. You got it, man. Thank you. Harold Reynolds on the show. That dude is great. What a great, what a great guest, man. I Just as a radio host, as a person that loves sports, as a person that's done interviews for a long time, the way you always want is how do you frame a question to try to get an interesting response? And sometimes in these interviews, it's get one interesting response in 12 minutes. In Harold Reynolds' case, all you have to do is just get him on the air. And everything he says is insightful and smart, and this is the, he's candid, man. That's why Barkley's so good. 
And as you heard earlier from Peter Schwartz, I love the fact that Barkley's turn away from Live Golf and going to stay on TNT for the same reason I love listening to Harold Reynolds talk. Give me a straight answer. Love it. Uh, thank you to Harold Reynolds and MLB Network. 855-212-4CBS, the number if you want to call. D-Cell's got a – man, we got a lot going on in the world. It's a really robust buy or sell on this national chocolate milk refreshments, chili dog, water, amusement park intern day. That's Those are all real, by the way. Uh, buy or sell, also real, next year on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. What the hell was I talking about? What's going on? Happy Friday. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Remember, you can listen to the show. You can get the podcast version of the show. You can get interviews from the show. And a bunch of other great stuff, not even involved in this show, on the free Odyssey app. You can hit us on Twitter at SportsRider, Sports R E I T E R. At DCLCBS, you can call us, 855-212-4CBS, or you can go to uh, DCL's house. His address in Jersey is, no, I'm just kidding. I think that would get me fired for sure, right? Pretty sure that would get me a lot of trouble. Well, mostly because if anybody did want to go to my address, it's probably to say mean things to me. No. But if it was like, hey, we give out D-Cell's address, here's a basket of chocolates and flowers, like that wouldn't, I don't think anyone would get upset with that. I think it'd be still be creepy. If Ding dong, like Saturday, hello, you know, like 8 in the morning, hey man, listen to the show, I'm big fan. Yeah, like what if somebody rang or knocked on my door and was like, hey, I heard Bill say it's National uh, Milk Chocolate Day. Here's a right. basket full of milk chocolate. Here you go. I'm not, upset. Show- I'm not upset by that. I don't know. Okay, you know what? What the hell? His address in Jersey is... No, I'm just kidding. Let's uh, let's a little buy or sell here. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. All right, let's get right into it. We have a ton to get to today. Yesterday, the Seahawks and DK Metcalf agreed to terms on a three-year extension worth $72 million with 58 being guaranteed, and as part of that 58 guaranteed, a $30 million signing bonus, the highest ever for an NFL wide receiver. Buy or sell, it was worth it for the Seahawks to pay DK Metcalf big money when their quarterback of the future is not on the roster yet. See, that is where, obviously, we've seen how, how the market works in terms of talented Talented receivers and, and what and what they're going to get paid and what is he is he twenty four you say uh yes twenty four he's so young I'm just because what are you supposed to do let him walk <laughs> right that's right I'm gonna I'm gonna buy that this is worth the, the, the this is a good a good decision buy that was your question yeah and like we can't be surprised when DK's numbers go down this season it's inevitable he he has to know it's inevitable. I mean, I think, if I'm right here, obviously Kelsey was in Kansas City before Mahomes, and Tyreek Hill was in Kansas City before Mahomes, right? By a couple years, Alex Smith had the, was the beneficiary of that. And I'm not sure we knew how good Tyreek Hill was at the time, the way that we, we, we think we do now. We'll see under Tua. But my point is, you got to get it in modern in the modern NFL, you need a lot of things to succeed. A great receiver and a great quarterback are among them. And who cares what the order is? I don't know if anything matters that Seattle does at all on any level if they can't find a pretty good quarterback in the next two or three years. 
So I don't think you put your business on hold. I like it. I understand the it feels backwards, and I understand this year Metcalf's not going to quote-unquote earn his money, but I like it. All right, earlier this week, Vikings general manager Kwesi Adofu Mensah told USA Today, quote, the one asset where you get nervous about not burning it down is quarterback. We don't have Tom Brady. We don't have Patrick Mahomes. It's more likely to win if you have that quarterback. It's very unlikely to have that quarterback, end quote. Now, to be fair to Adofu Mensah, he did try to clarify his comments by saying Kirk Cousins knows how he feels about him and that they're in a great place. When Cousins was asked about his GM's initial comments yesterday, he said this. I haven't given it much thought, you know, with training camp being so busy and consuming so much of our time, so I'm, I'm not too concerned about it. Buy or sell that Kirk Cousins didn't give his GM's comments much thought. I'm going to sell. I just sell. I know it feels like I'm, I'm – I asked you to put this together and pull this out because it sounds like I'm making something out of nothing. But last year – I was like, something's wrong in Minnesota. It's not just that Kirk Kiss and Cousins can't close games. It's not just that he's a 500 quarterback, even though he puts up gaudy stats. There's just a feeling that him and his head coach didn't get along like Zimmer. And now we find out they got in pushing matches during celebrations. Obviously, this guy, Cousins, is really good. Like, oh, there's nothing to see here, pal. And then, oh, I'm going to punch my coach in the face. Didn't punch his coach in the face. It's a shoving match. Yeah, I think, it, I think it bothered him. And I think it's an interesting comment from the GM because... Look, of course he's not. Of course he's not Patrick Mahomes, but it's or or was he? Who's the other guy? Brady was it Mahomes? Brady was what he used, but he's also so far from it you can't even pretend, which is why you have to say it. The, Cousins is fascinating. He is a talented. He's a loser. He's talented mediocrity, maybe a borderline loser, because they can't. They, teams don't win games with this guy. His stats are incredible. He's a, when your fantasy football draft rolls around, if you land him, feel good about it. You're going to have some stats because it's fantasy football, not real football. Guy can't win. All right. As we know, Dolphins wide receiver. Can I just, can I just, I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt. Buy or sell, you think Kirk Cousins would be offended by kissing Cousins because he thinks I'm insulting. Not like I'm making fun of him, but just if your last name is Cousins, buy or sell, that's offensive. Bye. You think so? Not offensive to say. Offensive to say to Kirk Cousins himself, yes, he's not going to enjoy that. But if you're driving around and you're just Steve Cousins the plumber going on a call right now, <laughs> is it offensive? Um, I'm going to go with, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah all, to all Cousins everywhere. Bye. Yeah, yeah. All right. Sorry, Cousins. They're probably not enjoying that. Now, everyone not, not, you. everyone not named Cousins is probably chuckling like I do every time you say it. I find it very funny. All right. As we know, Dolphins wide receiver Tyreek Hill has been talking all offseason about his new quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa. But yesterday, Hill turned his attention to hyping up his fellow wide receiver, Jaden Waddell. Oh, there's I'm going to tell you what. J-Dub, like, he's, he's faster than I thought. Like, when I first got here, I was like, okay, he's a 4-3. Because typically, like, when you see 4-3 four, four, guys... You know, they don't run as fast on the football field, but J-Dub, like, he actually, he actually runs a full field on the football field. Now, that initial reporter question there I know was hard to hear, but it was, what do you think defenses are thinking when they see you and Waddle? Tyreek Hill response, they're scared, expletive. Buy or sell, Tyreek Hill's confidence about his teammates will backfire this season. I like I like people supporting teammates, but I he's just, doing I have, a lot of talking. I'm with you. Uh, to your point, I think everything he does is going to backfire. 
Potentially. So I'm gonna buy your. I'm gonna buy. Buy. I mean, dude. I don't mind. I mean, let me ask you this question. On the ridiculousness scale, just, just not how it's presented or how often it's said. Just factually, buy or sell. Devonte Adams calling Derek Carr a Hall of Famer is more egregious than things that Tyreek Hill has said. Buy. Wow. Yeah, and you know what? I understand where Devontae's coming from. I mean, Carr's not a Hall of Famer right now. Can he get there? I don't think so. But they are tight. They're old college teammates. They are really good friends. I get why he said it. Tyreek Hill, he's playing with guys for the first time. He's hyping these guys up because I don't know why. He's going above and beyond. He doesn't need to say all this. Do I think the Dolphins have a good offense? Yeah. Do I think the rest of the NFL is terrified of the Dolphins? I don't see it. I don't think so. I think Dolphins could be good, though. And that's kind of where I'm... Wait, you don't think Derek's going to get a Hall of Fame card? Buy. Oh, I got to buy on that. Because <laughs> I had the trailing duh yeah, at yeah, the end, I which like is always it. risky. It's Friday. I love these on Fridays. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. All right, let's get to my favorite team, no longer the Dallas Cowboys. Yesterday, Dak Prescott met the media, and he expects a big season from himself. You know, on the quarterbacks that... Um, played specifically for this team and knowing their legacy uh, and the ones that we hold at the highest standard, the ones that have Super Bowl rings. So um, it starts there for me is um, trying to uh, fill the shoes of those guys that have come before me um, and do something for this organization that hadn't been done in a long time. I like to reflect here and there just to, you know, um, know where I can, uh, come from and just knowing uh, where I want to get to. Um, it's a quick reflection, but it's definitely uh, moving forward. As they say the rearview mirror is a whole lot smaller than the front front windshield. So. Um, yeah, I think it's good to good to do that. I'll be 29, 29th, golden, golden birthday, so I uh, plan for this to be the golden year. All right, buy or sell, this will be a, quote, golden season for Dak Prescott, and I got a two-part question for you. You heard okay. it there. Dak is the birthday boy today, 29 years old on July 29th. Ooh. Buy or sell that you knew what a golden birthday was because I had absolutely no idea. Oh, yeah, I'll buy, I'll buy the golden birthday. Buy. Yeah. And um, what was the first question? Buy or sell is going to be a golden season? Yes. Can it be golden like a penny in the sense that it's copper and it's not very valuable? I don't think no. that's what Dak was going for. A golden season. Uh, so. <laughs> no, I don't so. think it's going to be. Hate to hate on the birthday, but I, look, this has been my thing for a long time. I think Dak Prescott is talented and I think he's fine but I don't think he's formable and I think like Kirk Cousins there's a lot to, to be desired come crunch time and we're talking about guys who if they win a couple playoff games of the next three years people are going to say oh, you said they couldn't win and they haven't even done that by the way and what you actually have to do is win multiple playoff games week after week as the competition gets fiercer and the pressure adds no I mean even if and they won't. The Cowboys made a conference finals. Do I think it's a lot more likely Dak Prescott would throw two or three picks than two or three touchdowns? Yes, I do. I feel like I got robbed out of my golden birthday, which is maybe why when Dak said it, I had no idea what he was talking about. I'm born on October 3rd, so my golden birthday, I was three years old. I had no idea. Yeah. How did you... Ask your parents. Maybe they gave you some some golden pampers. Oh, you're a little old for that, though. Yeah, but like I had That's no right. idea that this was a thing. I literally looked this up to see, like, what the heck is Dak talking about? I mean, it doesn't mean anything. I was 26. Where was I when I was 26? When I was a 26-year-old, 
how many years ago was 18 years ago? 18 years ago. 2000, I'm bad at math. 2003? That's what I was No. Uh, 2004. Is that right? Yeah, I guess it would be. I lived, did I live in Arkansas? I lived in Des Moines, Iowa. I was a newspaper reporter. It never spoken on radio, except the time I called into Cat FM in Dubuque, Iowa, and tried to win some tickets to like Green Day or something. That wasn't Green Day. It was uh, they sing Allison Road. You know what I'm talking about? You're not, not gonna a clue. Me here. Oh, Bill, it's gonna crush me. I'm guessing. Hey, you... hey, hey, jealousy. Oh, Gin uh... Blossoms. Gin Blossoms. Did you win those tickets? No, uh, no. But I heard my voice on the air, and I thought it was really cool. <laughs> and then many years later, we did it a lot more. How about that? All right. What was like... I? Oh, Golden Birthdays. Yeah, they're dumb. And my point is, I don't remember what I did on my 26th birthday. I want to, like, survey people to see if, if anybody's into this, if they do something special. They're as meaningless as the last 90 seconds of this radio show. Got it. Let's get to some NBA then. Uh, okay. Charles Barkley told NBC Sports Bay Area this week that Steph Curry elevated himself in the greatest point guards of all time conversation after winning his latest championship, saying, quote, I said after this one, he puts himself on the list with Isaiah Thomas. He's at the table in the Hall of Fame with Isaiah as probably the best point guards. Those two guys are probably the two best points to ever play the game. End quote. Buy or sell that it's a reasonable take to have Steph Curry ahead of Magic Johnson on the all-time point guard list. So I actually think it is a reasonable take. I have not really... Buy. Yeah, I think it's reasonable. I don't know if it's right. I I haven't thought about it that much. I, I would probably go Steph and Magic over Isaiah Thomas, but I think I've you've heard me probably say a thousand times... Every time we talk about Chris Paul or some other point guard, I'll say they might be or could be the best point guard or regular season point guard since, and I always go back to Isaiah Thomas. I think Isaiah, and by the way, expand the list to three and he's on there. I think Isaiah Thomas is one of the most underrated players in the history of the NBA legacy-wise for a whole bunch of reasons. But the guy won two championships in the midst of the, of the Magic Bird era transitioning into the Jordan era. That's amazing. So I think it's a reasonable response. All right. And I think the Isaiah Thomas part is absolutely reasonable too, right? Right, Like on that specifically. That was going to be my follow-up. Is it always yeah. Isaiah number one? Mm, I mean, I think Steph's number one. No, Steph's number one for me, for sure. All right, let's stay in the NBA here. While the Knicks were thought to be the heavy favorite in trading for Jazz All-Star Donovan Mitchell, there's reportedly a roadblock in the deal. According to Bleacher Report, Utah has absolutely no interest in acquiring New York's R.J. Barrett in the deal. Buy or sell that the New York Knicks will still find a way to land Donovan Mitchell. I mean, do I think they're going to land on it? I actually don't think they're going to. Sell. sell. I, it'd be so good. It'd be so good for the for, for their organization. And they are the betting favorite, which means they probably will. But some part of me just thinks... That it's the Knicks and that there's going to be other organizations that jump the line. And Danny Ainge, it feels to me from looking at it, obviously, from the outside, once he's made up his mind, once he says, I want no part of R.J. Barrett, is he going to change it? I don't know that there's if the Knicks can get a third team into the deal. I don't know how they navigate around that. I think that's, exa- I think that's exactly right. And, and we know that Ainge is going to be absolutely dogmatic in what he requires. He always has been. He wins trades. The guy wins the trade in every trade he's involved in. Um, I'm trying to think, like, other than the Heat, who I think, I, I think the Heat can make a play. There's always a surprise team. I'm with you, dude. Yeah, no, I. he's going to get what he wants or he's not going to make the deal. 
All right, one last one here. EA Sports launched a ratings hotline for Madden 23, where anyone and everyone can call to vent and gripe about any player ratings in the video game. That's amazing. Now, within the first 24 hours of the hotline being launched, they received over 1,000 calls. Buy or sell that a ratings hotline is a good idea. Does a real human being answer this? Oh, yeah. And anybody could call. I mean, there's speculation whether actual NFL players were going to call to complain about their ratings in the game. Um, I'm going to answer your question, and I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, I'll, I'll buy. It's a good idea. Buy. It's still open, right? Oh, yes. Buy or sell, we should go and get permission from Spike and David, the bosses, to call them. You'll have to do it from a one-party consent state. I don't know if New York is. And tape record me demanding know why Kissing Cousins rating. I don't know what his rating is. <laughs> I'm jotting this down so we can bring this up with Spike, our boss, at our next meeting. So you're buying? Uh, yeah, why not? Let's go for it. Bye. I, I think the listener would enjoy hearing what that's about. I think the listener would enjoy it. I don't know that we could get approval. I don't know if our boss will enjoy it. Okay. Noted. Is that? Are we done? That's it for this Friday edition of Bar. That's the Friday edition. All right. You know, from one great segment to another, it's time for Bum of the Week. I've got not my wife just texted me, who literally just texted me 60 seconds ago, who's the Bum of the Week? And I wrote back, because normally I'll you know, tell her which way I'm leaning. I don't know. We have nine nominees. D-Cell wants to nominate Bogish. Other names are coming in. A very competitive bum of the week gets decided after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Peter Schwartz. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. It is Writer Than You here on CBS Sports Radio. D-Cell, you going to miss me next week, buddy? All week you're gone. Yeah, I'm going to miss you. Gone, buddy. You know I'm not going to miss? Andrew Bogish. You're not going to miss him because he's he's filling in, I heard, for three of the days. Yeah, but even if I didn't see him, I wouldn't miss him. That's too will harsh. He, will he? Yeah. It's a little harsh, bro. Tell the truth on this show. I didn't take any vacation for a long time this year. Now it's just a coming fast and furious. But to be fair, in my defense, I don't. I, I got to be careful because I, I once said I didn't like taking time off, and a previous program director said, <laughs> who I love, was like, don't then. You don't have to take your vacation. I love the show, and I miss it when I'm gone. But I also crave time with my family. And that's always been true. Don't get me wrong. And I like We all like time off. My daughter just be, turned 13. <laughs> became 13. Turned 13, whatever the expression is. And, dude, I'm telling you, it just hit me that she's closer to college than she is to, you know, those first few moments as a parent. Wow. It's, Take it all. It's so true. So I'm cramming all the so time true. in the summer. All the time in the summer, trying to, so I can just spend. I can spend it with them, you know. All right, stop being sappy, writer. Let's do bum of the week. Hallelujah, I'm a bum. All he's doing is a whole lot of damn nothing. I'm a bum. You rotten bum. I'm a bum. They're a bunch of bums. I'm a bum. I'm a bum. I'm a bum. Who's the bum this week? Let's find out on Writer Than You on CBS Sports Radio. I got a lot of nominees here. Can I just throw these in? We got to uh, figure this out, man. All right, Big Ben's nominated. He's back. That guy's one of the all-time leaders in being bum of the week. For I just don't like how the, 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 it became a me-centric team and league. You're the most self-absorbed player in, in, in Steelers history, according to some people I've talked to. Come on. 
That's like you complain people don't watch movies enough. Get out of here. Um, Aaron Rodgers for his little shot at Devonta Adams is really funny, though. I think what offsets it a little bit is the Con Air look. The more I think about it, the more I find it really funny. Adam Klug, the former executive producer, is nominated because we found out from Tony Gwynn Jr. that guy sucks at fantasy football. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. What's up, Kluger? Stop talking smack and insulting the fantasy baseball team when you can't handle your fantasy football business, bro. Tony Gwynn Jr. Summarized. Uh, Derek Carr's nominated. I'm all mad. How dare you take my words and use them? You better watch your attitude, reporter. Okay. Draymond Green's nominated. I'm a max. No, you're not, bro. Shh. Shh. This is me. I want you to just picture me putting my, my, my finger against against Dre's lips. Shh. In the most condescending way possible. And then you can picture me getting my ass beat. <laughs> Probably. Um, did I already nominate Kirk Cousins? Not yet. Uh, not yet, but do it again. He's nominated. Kissing Cousins. Just because he's him. Um... Who do you want to nominate before I forget some of these people? I'm going to try not to get all worked up again. It happened yesterday at the end of the show. Steven Jones. Thanks, Steven. Oh, yeah. We know Go the ahead. Cowboys didn't have a sexy offseason by the zero big-time free agents you signed. Thanks. We already knew that. You didn't need to spell it out for us that you're basically going into this season with last year's team who didn't win a playoff game. Thanks. Got it. Kind of feels like this is a reflection on your own Cowboys take last year, though. I feel like you're taking some of your own self Yes, self-loathing. because I, 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 right. I bought in. I wanted to believe. I believed I was I was their biggest uh, cheerleader Steven, last year, even though you told me not to be. Anybody else? You want, to, you want to nominate somebody from the show? I mean, you don't have to. I don't want to nominate myself, but I feel like that's where you're going next. So oh, no, you said no, Bogish. No, nobody else. Oh, they want to nominate oh, that, Bogish. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's a staple. He's, a sta- he's, he's grumpy now. He's grumpier than me. He's got a little grumpy. I want to get rid of my Mr. Positive nickname because now it's him. Uh, he's been very grumpy, and it's the summertime. Why is he so grumpy? I don't know. Ask him next week. I asked him on the show. It really helped his mood. Uh, Justin Jefferson. I'm the best receiver in football, bro. Sort of what he said. The entire Cardinals leadership structure. We have removed the clause from Kyler Murray's contract along with whatever spine we collectively possessed. Oh, Zion. Zion's nominated. Bro, you need a fat clause in your contract. I'm just saying. You, you're you on there. <laughs> Even if he abides by it? The dude abides. Yeah, I just, yeah, being better. Yes, yes. Anybody, anybody, uh, anybody else before I we, we settle this thing? I think this is the most Me too. nominations we've had in a long, long time. With no front runner. It's really evenly distributed this week. Big Ben, Aaron Rodgers, Adam Klug, Derek Carr, Draymond Green, Kirk Cousins, UD Cell, Andrew Bogus, Stephen Jones, Justin Jefferson, Zion, and the entire Cardinals leadership structure. I don't know. Oh, and Barkley. But but he's kind of off the list because he backed away from Live Golf. But he was on there. I don't know what to do here, man. And we're running out of time. Can I give my selfish response? Yeah. I want it to be Adam Klug. I just want it just because it makes me smile. He probably should not win, but in my personal book, he won this week. Wow. You know what, Adam Klug, for joining my fantasy baseball league, winning it two years in a row, 
and then mocking the players that you were who welcomed you aboard with, they're not very good. Nobody in this league is very good. Nobody really does a very good job. And then it turns out, in your arrogance, utterly fumbling fantasy football again and again, according to uh, Tony Gwynn Jr., Kluger, my friend, buddy, you arrogant if successful fantasy baseballer who can't do fantasy football, you are the bum of the week, bro. That's your bomb of the week. I detest you! On Lighter Than You. As soon as this show's done, I'm going to go meet my kids to get ready for vacation. And I'm going to call the Kluger. And I'm so excited. I was like, <laughs> hey, what's going on? To just start with, you were the bum of the week today, man. <laughs> That's good. Maybe I'll follow up with a text. He beat Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers. He beat Kirk Cousins. He beat the entire Cardinals front office. I mean, he beat some... Some pretty consistent targets of the show. Because it's one thing if he talks smack about fantasy baseball, but then, you know, is forthright of like, hey, like, I'm not great at fantasy football. Like, that's not my jam. We had to find out from Tony Gwynn Jr. Yeah, you're right. That Tony Gwynn the Jr. Game. sold him out, too. I loved it. On the air. Klug is the uh, program director of 97.3 The Fan in San Diego. I have a great week. I'm off next week, but I'll be back. The week after that, appreciate you so much. Thank you to Harold Reynolds. Thank you to MLB Network. Thank you to Peter Schwartz. Thank you to DCL, and thank you. We appreciate you listening on the free Odyssey app and your great affiliate. We'll see you next week on CBS Sports Radio.